often we don't understand the importance of those things. We, we, the devil gets us to believe a lie. You know, too many of us live our lives more what the devil sells us than we do believe what God tells us. And when we do that, can I tell you, you stay defeated, you stay beat down, you never fully experience, nor do you ever fully live to the fullness God has for you. And he'll get you to believe that lie because that lie will seem more believable than what God has for you. It's easier to grasp hold of. Anybody found that to be true? It'll make more sense. It'll, it'll, it'll deal with your understanding and your feelings and your emotions. So that's what he does, you know. And sometimes, you know, you've got to push through and you've got to press on and you've got to do whatever you have to do because nobody's going to be able to walk into heaven one day and account for us but us. And we're all going to stand before the Lord one day. You know, your grandma can't do it for you. Your wife ain't going to do it for you. Your mama ain't going to do it for you. you. We all going to stand on our own two feet in heaven one day. And he's going to want to know what we did. Not what everybody else did, but what did we do? What did we do? It's been a good year the Hope Center. Uh, over the next few weeks, I'll probably give you more information on that. But I just want to say thank you. Thank you to each one of you that faithfully came, supported, faithfully prayed, faithfully served because... All the ministries here grew this year, uh, and God really has blessed us, and, and I believe he's blessed us with you. So just want to say thank you as we start the new year, because I know that God has brought you, uh, I do believe, for such a time as this, to the Hope Center if you're supposed to be a part. And I can tell you one thing I've learned about that, and it's this. If you're supposed to be a part here, you will never be happy anywhere else. I can tell you. It just works that way. And it doesn't matter where that is. If you're supposed to be somewhere else, you'll never be happy here. That's how God works. But he has a place for all. And when we determine that, and when we finally plant our feet in that, and when we embrace that, can I tell you, God can do great things. God can do great things. This year is a new year, you know, and, and specifically being a new decade, you know, you hear a lot of prophecies about what's going to happen um, during this new year. Many of them are exciting. Many of them are all kinds of things. Over the last few days, I've heard everything from how great this year was going to be to World War III was going to happen. So you know what? You can choose whatever you want. So I just want to, as a pastor, want to stand here today and encourage you in one thing. You need to hear God for yourself this year. Can I tell you, you need to hear God from yourself this year because I can assure you, you can get on the Internet and you can hear everything. You at Right now, today, you can hear anything you want to hear. And it's all not good. And it's all not bad. And it sure ain't all God. So you got to hear from God for yourself. You know what? A prophecy, I'm, I'm just doing a little bit of teaching here in the beginning because people don't understand this. We, a lot of times, people in churches like ours can get all excited about a prophecy. Can I tell you what a prophecy should do? It should only confirm what God's already spoken to you. If you get into following directions of prophecy, can I tell you what you'll do? You will end up a confused mess, and you won't know what's God and what is not, and the enemy will beat your brains out, and you will not walk in faith the way God wants you to walk in. So that's just a little bit of house cleaning before we start because I'm telling you, I can see it coming this year. You know, it's 2020. It's an exciting time, and it is. But you know what I've learned about newness in God? It can be new every day. His mercies, what are they? They're new. So guess when it can be new for you and I? When we choose that. When we choose it. Date on a calendar doesn't do anything. Now I'm not saying God's not into dates, seasons. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But what I'm telling you is, is you need to get to the understanding of, of knowing that, you know what, the newness in God for you comes when you choose to follow after Him. Just like our day of salvation or whatever goes on. And I tell you this because I want to preface that, I preface what I'm getting ready to tell you with that because of, of what happened to me. Because 30 years ago, as I was reminded of this new year, I, I stood at the beginning of a new decade. 1990. I stood in 1990. At that time in my life, and when God really brought this back to our members this week, I, I, I really warred with this because I really wasn't sure. But after the spirit of today, I believe it's exactly what God wants me to bring. I warred with it because God reminded me of 1990. In 1990, the grind, the daily grind had about ground me down. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
The daily grind had just about ground me down. I didn't go to church desiring or, or looking for an opportunity to encounter God. I went to church out of obligation. And I, our life, it was okay. But you know what? It wasn't what it needed to be. Our finances, we weren't thriving. We were just surviving. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Nothing in our life overall was super bad. But you know what it was? I really wasn't living for the Lord. I was going through the motions of life. And I stood at that prep, at that threshold, I will say, of that decade, not knowing what it would look like at the end of it. Not knowing what it would look like. I used to say, I wish the world would stop spinning and let me off. I don't know if anybody's ever been there or not, but that's where I was at. And with that, I didn't know what to change. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how things were going to turn out, but I knew something had to change. And what I found was this. I found there was something beyond what I knew. I found there was something beyond what I knew. Over the next few months, what I found was I had been religious, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I knew how to do church, but I wasn't being the church. My heart was all about me, and it wasn't submitted to God. And if that's where you find yourself, or if you're simply stuck in a place, I've got some good news for you. And none of them knew what I was talking about today. And most of you have been with me any time dealing with it. The Lord does usually give me a word. And I'll be honest, I struggled with it this year more than normal because of the decade, because of the, the 2020. Because I do believe God wants to give us a clarity of vision. And I prayed, and I've asked God what the word is. And the word for us this year is beyond. My wife didn't know it. And beyond's an interesting word because beyond has great hope. But as I thought about even before she got up here, so many times there are things what we have to get beyond. For me, I had to get beyond a belief structure that believed a certain way. The Bible tells us in one of the great scriptures about beyond, he says in Ephesians 3.20, he can do beyond what you can ask or think. So there's a place I believe God's trying to take us to this year that's not only beyond where you are, but that we have to recognize in our life we're going to have to get beyond some things. We're going to have to get beyond some things. We've, we, in our, in, and she summed it up fairly well because that was me. In my own strength, I had got as far as I could get. I didn't know what was beyond. I didn't know, I didn't know that wasn't normal. I didn't know you could get past where I was. And when I see us sometimes as believers, and I don't see joy, and I don't see the, the peace of God, and I don't see the Spirit of God in our lives, can I tell you something? I know we've got to get beyond some things. Now, I know the last few months have been rough. We've had some hard situations. Tough things happen. So I'm not talking about you just suck it up and get beyond that because that's not normal. It's not, you don't have to just start feeling better. But what I'm talking about is, is things that we've been warring with, things that we have been dragging along, things that we know that are not pleasing to God, things that we know are not taking us towards God. Things that we know are holding us back from God. This is the year to get beyond. This is the year to get beyond. I don't know what that looks like. Can I tell you across this building it could be a hundred different things. 
But see, you're faced with the same choice I am. Things can continue to go like they go are going. Or you can choose to go beyond. You can choose to go into what God has. Last week, I talked a little bit about, out of Philippians 3.12, and I'm just going to read that, because this is really where I think we all are. It said, in the Passion Translation, Philippians 3.12, it said, I admit that I have not acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing, but I run with passion into His abundance, so that I may reach the purpose Jesus Christ has called me to. Has called me to, and wants me to discover Paul said, he's not hiding the abundant life from us. When when Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came that you could have life and more abundantly, Jesus is not hiding that. But you know how it comes? It comes through submission. It comes through submission to him. It comes through our flesh submitting to God and saying, you know what, Lord? I don't want a life in the natural Some of the things we're going to talk about this year are going to be foreign to you, just like they were to me in the past. Because they're going to have spiritual mind to them. Because guess what? We're going beyond. You cannot do the same thing you've done and expect a different outcome. We've always heard that's the what? Definition of insanity. But yet, how many of us do that? How many of us get up every day, do the same thing, and hope or wish, or pray for a different outcome. It doesn't happen. It happened for me when I finally said, you know what? When I finally just laid down and died to myself. And you know how often I have to do that? All the time. But see, there's that first time. And if you've never done it, can I tell you, you don't know what I'm talking about. But God wants you to get beyond that. Because see, most of us are control freaks. Most of us want to be in control. We're not really comfortable with Jesus in control. Jesus in control scares us. Living a life beyond whatever it is we're comfortable with. See, that's why people stay in all these things. They stay in abusive relationships. They stay in bad situations. They'll stay in all kinds of things. They'll stay in bad jobs. They'll stay in Because why? Because they know what that's like. So that doesn't scare them. Even though it's bad... But when you go beyond, that's unknown. Yet that's God. You'll never experience God until you determine to do it. Until you make a step of faith that doesn't make sense. Until you finally decide that it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. Because what everybody else thinks is not going to get you to God. What everybody else thinks, all it's going to do is confuse you often what God's saying to you. And somewhere along the line, you've got to determine, you know what, I can hear God and I'm going to hear God. And maybe I'm not there yet, but I believe, because I can tell you one thing, His sheep know His voice. That's in John 10 too. His sheep know His voice. So if we're a follower of Jesus Christ, guess what? He still speaks to his people. Now how does he do that? He speaks through his word. He speaks through ministers. He speaks through just a voice that you will hear a small, that small still voice people talk about. Sometimes it seems louder than others and sometimes, you know, you have to shut out everything to ever even have an idea. Sometimes it's an impression in your heart. But when you get in with God and you determine, you you know what, that no longer is it about me, but it's about him, you will recognize that voice. And some of you think I'm crazy right now. I know you do. But you know what? I'm going to take you beyond. I'm at least going to bring you to the edge and say, there's beyond. Because see, here's the problem. I go back and I look at the Israelites. They had every promise of every blessing. The promised land was theirs. But guess what? They couldn't get, couldn't get beyond Egypt. And many times we can't get beyond the Egypt in our life. The things that have been spoken, the hurts that we've had, the failures we've made. We can't get beyond it. Yet God, that's what he does best. That's what he does best. Look at Peter. 
Peter denying someone he even knew at a time when Jesus needed him the most. And Peter got beyond that failure. You and I, somebody's not happy. You and I, you and I, guess what? We do have things we got to get beyond. Some of them may be easy, some of them may be hard, but anything, all of those not only get us beyond, but allow us the opportunity to go beyond because that also is part of it. You see, for me, I begin to be open to what was possible. I begin to be open to what was possible. The first part of every year we start a fast. And that fast has some specific things that God, I believe, wants to do specifically every year. But this year, it has some things. The reason we do it at the beginning of the year we do it as a 21-day fast. And we do it as a way to try to make sure we put God first. You see, because that's really one of the secrets of going beyond. When He becomes Lord of your life, then allowing Him to, to take and control your life and guide your life is not as difficult. As long as you and I are fighting and trying to do it our own way, it's difficult. But when you put him first and when he becomes Lord of your life, it gets much easier. Because at that point, then you're saying, you know what, Lord? Here I am. You're like Isaiah at that time. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Use me. Here I am, God. I just want to be what you want me to be. And, I, and you may be like I was 30 years ago, and you had no clue what that even was, because 30 years ago I didn't. But as I look, if I hadn't have made the choice to go beyond, I would have never been standing here today. I might have been a leader in a church somewhere, and I may not have been. I may have been someone that you might have met and said, oh, I bet he's a Christian. But I would have never been and never experienced what I've experienced. The fast is an important part of what we do. And it's important a part of what God will do in our life. See, we often look at a fast as religious. Many people dread it. Some people won't participate. But let me read you something. Isaiah 58, 5 in the voice translation says this. It says, what kind of fast do I choose? Is it a true fast simply some religious, is a true fast simply some religious exercise for making a person feel miserable and woeful? Is that what you believe about a fast? Is it about how you bow your head back in those days or how you dress in sackcloth because that's what they used to do? Or where you sit in a bed of ashes? Is that what you call a fast? It's not what God calls a fast. Fast. A fast isn't religious. A fast is about relationships. And so for us, we're going to start a 21-day fast. We're going to start it and believe God can open doors, that we'll hear His voice more clearly, that we can focus on Him, and He will allow us to see things that we couldn't see and place us in a position for God to move in our life. But here's the key. We put Him first, but our fast at this house isn't religious. Most people that went to church at all think of a fast strictly as doing without food. Okay, that if, the, I, if I had you raise your hands, that's what probably most people would do. Can I tell you that can be a fast? And often that is a fast and how fasts are set up. But in this house, we focus so much on making sure you make time for God and making sure that you put God in the right place in your life that that can be part of it. Often we've done what we call a Daniel fast. It's gotten to be popular over the last several years. For, for us, it was, you, you know, it's something where people don't eat bread or they don't eat sweets and they eat vegetables and they drink water. It's a very popular fast that people go on to as a way to, because a fast is simply determining I'm going to bring my flesh under submission to God. 
But in this house, we have people that will do that. But one thing I often tell them is, is because it's not religious, because here's the key to this, you can go on a Daniel fast, and you know what you can do? You can diet. And you can get hungry. And not see God anywhere in the midst of any of it. If you make it religious. Because you're not spending time with God. The fast isn't about you getting alone with God. The fast is about you doing a ritual. And, and many times we're more comfortable with a ritual because not much is required. But you'll never go beyond that way. There's nothing wrong with that. And I believe that some people will do that here. And that'll be fine. It's, that's not the, the point. The point is this, is each one of us have to understand that the fast is not only trying to bring our flesh under submission because it is strong, but it's also refocusing our lives on Him. Because I believe that's where we often get. I believe all the things of the world have been stirring, trying to get our eyes off of Him. All the distractions, all the issues, everything's been trying to get our eyes off of Him. And when we fast and when we say, these 21 days, Lord, I'm dedicating my life to You, then I get my focus back on Him. He becomes the center of my life. He becomes the controlling force of my life, not just me going through the rituals. You see, I believe this year the Lord spoke something specific to me that a true fast starts with a repentant heart. Repentant heart. You see, it starts with getting our, making sure our heart is right with God and right with others. You know why I believe that? Because often in a fast, we experience the presence of God in a great way. And you know what the Bible tells us? That we should repent so times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. So you know what I've learned? You could sit and you could fast and be in the presence of the God of, of God and do everything ritualistic you're supposed to do according to what people would think and never experience God because our heart is not right with God. Because our heart is not right with others. I believe you can sit in the most anointed church service and never feel anything if we don't repent first. Repent, the, or in, uh, the amplified repent says, change your inner self your old way of thinking or regret your past sins. Basically, it's turning from where we are. It's looking at our life and saying, these issues are issues between me and God. I need to get them out of my life. If it's a sin of omission, you know what, God, I've, I haven't done what I'm supposed to, then we repent, we ask Him to forgive us because that's what part of repentance is. And, and then we say, you know what, Lord, change me, and I change direction, and I begin doing what I know to do. If it's sins of commission, meaning we've done something wrong, and we haven't asked Him to forgive us, then we ask Him to forgive us, and we turn and go the other way. And what? We let Him forgive us of all our sins. But either way, starting this fast, because we're getting Him in the right place, I believe we just need to repent. I, I go back to Nehemiah. Nehemiah, Nehemiah 1. When Nehemiah was called, when he was so moved to build a wall, and some of you are at a place in God where your beyond is right here, and there's just something and holding you back. There's something that's naked where it's not quite clear. And you know what God's saying? You know what? You just need to repent. Maybe you need to repent for doing it in your own strength. That was where I was at. Maybe I, you know, I had to repent for so many things. And you know, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. You know what? We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We all make mistakes. We all are at a place where the more we repent, the cleaner we keep our heart. Can I tell you, don't hold on to stuff. Don't let that stuff fester. Don't let the enemy keep you at a place that he tries to keep you. You want to be free from anger, begin repenting and let the Lord deliver you. Because anger is just bitterness and hurt and rage and stuff that the enemy has kept pushing down in and you kept controlling it and you can keep it under control, guess what? Until you can't. And then it blows up. 
in the midst of this, repent. Repentance is not a, an evil word. Repentance is a great word for a believer because guess what? In Jesus Christ, we got forgiveness of our sins. So as, you know what? We ought, to be the, we ought to be ready. We ought to just be like, Lord, just forgive me. Now, I'm going to turn and go the other way because that's the key to this. See, we're often, that we're often like children, and this is what we do like children. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, God. I messed up again. Sorry. That's not repentance, friend. Sorry is not repentance. Repentance is saying, I'm sorry. God, I'm, I'm going the other way. Help me. Help me. In this fast, our refocus, get our eyes back on Jesus. If we've messed up, fess up, go back to what we know to do and let him do what he does best in forgiving us. You see, our fast comes down to the choice of how bad do we want God to move in our life. How much do we want to go beyond? How far do we want to go in God? A fast is a great place to start. Number two with the fast is what action will I take? You see, I said you, don't, you can do food, but you don't have to do food. But you need to do something. Fasting is making room for God. I, I believe probably some, some part of food probably should be every fast, whether it was just sweets or, or something you really like. You know what? Because I do believe it brings our, our body in submission. But I'm not saying you've got to do the other or you've got to go without food and water. You've got to do whatever. That's between you and God. That's my point in this. You get with the Lord and ask Him what He wants you to do. That's why this fast won't start till Thursday because I'm asking you between now and then to get with God and say, God, what is it you want me to fast? And I'm going to tell you how you figure it out. And this is one of the keys. Number one, will it make time with God if I give this up? And number two, how important is it to me? Because if it's important to me, it'll be important to God. And if it's not important to me, guess what? It won't be important to God. We've had people give up Facebook. We've had people give up TV. We've had people give up hobbies. I don't know what you need to give up or what you need to do for this 21 days. It's between you and God. It's not religious. I won't make it religious. You know why? Because religious actions will not get you to the place God wants you to go. But I can tell you one thing. When somebody has a real heart wanting God and wanting to go beyond, if you're just giving up a cookie, you know what? With that kind of a heart, God's going to bless it because your heart is after Him. And you know, and you spend time with Him and you sit down with Him. You got to lay aside something. Lay aside something. I don't know what that something is, but you got to lay aside something. And let God direct you in that. Ask Him. Just ask Him. Lord, what is it? I can tell you, everybody in here, I can assure you, most of us know right now some of the things that need to be laid down to make time. Because that's really what we want to do. Number three, this is what I encourage you to do. Make this time special. <clears throat> if your fast is just hit or miss, can I tell you, I'm not saying you've never done it before. It could be that way. So I'm not beating you up. What I'm telling you is this. And, and let me say this with that. If you've never fasted before, my advice would be, don't go with juice and water for 21 days. You'll either kill somebody <clears throat> or you'll want to anyway. Unless God tells you to do it. Now, if God tells you to do it, it's not my business. You ask him what he wants. But do something. Start somewhere. See, that's the key of going beyond and everything. You don't start, it doesn't happen. you got to start somewhere. And starting a fast and having a special time, I think, is very important. And I encourage you. I know our schedules can be crazy. I encourage you to make it a time almost like an appointment with God for this 21 days. You set this time. I don't know what it needs to be. A lot of people do first thing in the morning. Maybe you can't. That's between you and God. Maybe it's your lunchtime. You're not going to eat lunch. Maybe you're going to eat the rest of the day. I don't know what you're going to do. That's between you and God. But I'm telling you, I believe the Lord said, make it special. Make it special. Make it something to where you set your time up to meet with God. Can I tell you, if you just go in there and you do nothing but go through the rituals, even if God's speaking, you'll have time for time hearing. But if you go in there 
and you get in a quiet place and you shut the TV off and you take the phone and throw it out the door because it'll ring the minute you start praying. <coughs> yeah, I'm trying to be practical because it happens. And you say, I'm going to pray, Lord, for 15 minutes, 5 minutes, an hour and a half. I don't care. That's between you and God. But make it, I would make it a sacrifice somewhat. Make it something you haven't done. Pushed into it a little bit. I think that's the key. And in the, pre, in the midst of this, plan what you're going to do. I would say plan, and I mean that by this. Show up with a Bible. Show up maybe with some praise music. You know, your phone, you want it on that, play some music. If that's something that you need. Show up with a pen and paper in case the Lord speaks to you. Show up with expectation See, fasting and doing it right takes a desire to want to spend time with God in prayer, in His Word, and just sitting and listening to His voice. You do need to get alone. Some of you may want a devotional book. Maybe you don't use one now. Can I tell you, get you one, or they'll get you one on your phone, and just read a little something and ask God to show you what He's saying to you. See, that's the key. You're, you're wanting God to speak to you. You're wanting God to presence in your life. You're wanting to experience God. And in this fast, I believe we will. As long as we do our part, God will do His. God will do His. I've experienced everything from great just moments of, of just great presence to great correction during a fast. You know, we need them both. Can I tell you, we need them both. Whatever that is, that's between God and you. But I can assure you, He will show up if you will show up. He's just waiting. He's waiting on us. And He will show up. He will show up. And number four is this. In this fast, trust God. Trust that when you sit down and pray and you sit down and read your word, and you sit down and sometimes meditate, that he's right there with you. See, too many times God feels so far away. But I can assure you, some of you need to experience the presence of God. And in a fast, if you will get quiet, that will happen. If you'll begin to expecting him to show up, expecting him to move, praying in faith, Experiencing His presence. Expecting to hear. And then when He does speak, or when He does, maybe you read a scripture and that kind of speaks to you, meditate on it. Ask Him, Lord, what is it you want to say to me? What is it out of this I know need to go beyond? What is it that this year you're trying to show me that maybe I haven't saw before? I don't know how much, you know, I can tell you this, you can read the Bible, and I've heard many older pastors than me that were much better than me say, you know what, they could preach a series of out of a scripture and preach it and come back six months later and get something totally different. You know why? Because the Word is living, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's able to do what it needs to do to get inside of us and cut out those things that maybe need healing, those things that we need delivered from, those things that, that have held us back. Those things we need to get beyond. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than we dare ask or think beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams according to his power that is with at work within us. So we're not going to pray and understand everything he wants to do because he's beyond that. But the fast is about that. How many of you can believe today that in this fast God has something special for you? And he has something he wants to go beyond. I have a video I ran across this week that I want to play. Because I'm going to tell you, this guy speaks to me of what beyond looks like.
It's not very long. But I encourage you to listen to it. And open up your heart and listen and say, God, what are you wanting to say to me? Because this is a challenging, it comes as a blessing. It was several years ago, I really don't even know when it was given, the man's been dead, John Paul Jackson, he's been dead for four years. But I'm going to tell you, when I saw this, and some of you might have saw this on Facebook, I just saw it the other day, but I'm going to tell you, it's powerful. So watch this short clip, and then I'll come back and close. The purpose for which you were created. May you have courage above your peers. May you have more passion for the things of God than others think is necessary. May you dream more than others think is practical. May you expect more than others think is possible. And may you choose wisely without earthly bias. You have people to influence that you've not yet met. You have lives to change that are waiting for your arrival. You are strategically placed wherever God takes you by his grand design, just so you can become everything he made you to be. That place is the place you can grow best. That place is the place where you can be most fruitful. The place where the future is changed because of your presence. May you see vistas that others don't even know exist. May you see God in every petal of every flower and every blade of grass. For each of them, are designed by his hand. May you bless your children and may they become giants in the faith under the mighty hand of God. You won't fail. You were made by God to be here for such a time as this. I tell you, I can feel the Holy Spirit all over that. You see, that's what I believe for you. That's why I stand up here and say, God's got something beyond. Because that's what I believe for you. I believe your children can be blessed and be great in God's eyes. I believe you as husbands and wives can begin to experience things beyond anything you've ever experienced. I believe that every person in the sound of my voice has a purpose beyond what they've attained right now. And I believe that beyond anything we know, there are people waiting for us that we don't even know who they are. We have not seen them yet, and they haven't seen us yet. But God's trying to take us beyond where we are because he has places for us to go. I believe it. I believe it. We don't have a fast to have something to do for 21 days and so we can seem religious. We have a fast because we want to hear from God, because we want to experience God, because we want God to move in this year. We sow that as the foundation at the beginning of a year so we can say, you know what, just like last year when we walked intentionally, now we're going to walk on the foundation of 21 days, God, that we have spent intentionally with you, focused on you, looking to you, expecting you, listening for you, being with you, wanting you, because we know, God, you have a place beyond where we are. I believe that. I don't preach this. I don't, we don't pull on you to have something to do. We can come in and have a nice little church service, but I can tell you that wasn't what I was created for, and that wasn't what the pastors in this house believed they were created for, and it wasn't what you were created for either. Thirty years ago, I didn't know that. I do now. I've experienced it now. I didn't know most of you 30 years ago. So I could have put you in those statements if I hadn't made a choice to go beyond. In fact, I don't guess anybody in here other than my family I've known over 30 years. Yeah, 91, but it wasn't 30, because was, that was the turning point. Yeah, there's a lot of you that are, a lot of you that are 28, 29 years. But see, I didn't know that at 30. I didn't know that the year before. I didn't know I was going to be in Jackson. I didn't sure didn't know you were going to be in Jackson, because I didn't know you. But he does such a good job in that video. And ten things, and if you want to write them down, I'm going to believe God that he covered in that 
and I'm going to close, that he said you would do that I believe we can look for this year. Number one was reach your purpose. Reach your purpose. Number two was you would have courage above your peers. Can I tell you, if you don't have courage, you will never go beyond. There will always seem a risk too big to take without being God. Always seem a risk. And most of the time, that's the point that we will not step over. Number three, more passion for the things of God than others think is necessary. Can I tell you, that's one of the first things I ran into. People thought I was crazy. People will think you're crazy because they're not going to live beyond like you refuse to live beyond. More passion for the things of God than others think is necessary. Number four, may your dream, will you dream more than others think is practical? That came up this morning in prayer, and he had no idea what I was preaching. Nobody did. May you dream more, except the Holy Spirit. He knew, didn't he? <clears throat> may you expect more than others think is possible. That one will mess you up, too. Because you'll believe in faith for things that others won't understand. But if you're going to go beyond, I think it's an important point. May you expect more than others think is possible. May you choose wisely. I put by the Spirit. Basically, he made the, 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 the I guess you would say, the distinction in there of choose wisely, not in earthly ways. Because that's where beyond goes. That's why learning the spiritual things are going to be important this year. Because the spirit will never make sense to the earthly things. Natural and spirit, our flesh, they're at odds. They will never make sense. You are placed by God's design to grow. That's something else he said in there. If you're part of the Hope Center, and Pastor Chris talks about being planted, if you're part of it and you abide, then you should be growing, and you should expect to grow. And you can pray and ask God to guide you in that. He said, may you see other things others can't see. That's beyond as well. Seeing things others can't see. That's what vision does. May you be sensitive to God's presence. That's something else I believe he wants us to believe. When he said, would you see the God in every blade of grass and every flower? I believe recognizing that God, how sometimes, see, I think we walk by things that God's trying to show us. We need to be sensitive to his presence. And often he does use the natural to speak into the spirit. And number 10, may your children be blessed and become giants in the faith. Would you? Man, I'm going to tell you, who doesn't want to pray those things over our life? Who doesn't want a life that's got all of those? I mean, I, when I heard that man, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to play it every day probably while I'm in the fast. If y'all want it, we got it. I, you know, it's, it's easy to find. It's actually a little longer than that. And I, the only reason I didn't play the other, because he was talking, and, it, and it's very good because he's talking to, as a father. He's talking as a father. In the midst of it, that's what God has for you. A life beyond. Beyond. If we can get beyond. If we can see beyond. If we're willing to go beyond. It's beyond. A life beyond. So starting this Thursday will be our fast. But one thing Pastor Chris alluded to, and I'm asking as your pastor for everyone that's part of the Hope Center or just wants to be here to come. Because we're going to have our corporate prayer like we always do at the first of the month, but this one's going to be a kickoff for our fast. We're going to come together and we're going to pray. We're going to pray together as brothers and sisters. You know what, <clears throat> if we understood the power of unity and the power of agreement, can I tell you, the more of us that are here, you know what, we ought to expect some great things from God. 
Within that, what I'm asking every person to do is this, is bring your request for that year. You've got things you're believing for. You've got things you're praying about. You've got things maybe that you know you need to get beyond. You don't have to write your name on them. In fact, I would encourage you not to. God knows who you are. But this is about agreement. The Bible says where two or more touch and agree shall be done. Well, here's what we're going to do. That Wednesday night at 6.33, the reason we have prayer at 6.33, just to let you know, is not because we're just trying to be fancy and all that. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all the other things will be added unto you. You know what I found about that scripture that's so funny? You know what he's adding unto you in that? Provision, a house. He's adding unto you clothes, because that's what all he talks about when you read Matthew 6.25, I believe, down. He's saying all those things you don't have to worry about. So this year, if you're worried about having the income and the money, guess what? You put him first, and you begin doing what he says, you don't have to worry about all that. In fact, I would advise any believer that is, is hooked up with God and tithing, giving, we shouldn't have to worry about that. God takes care of that. Now, do we have to work and do our part? We have to do whatever God asks us to do. But I'm asking everybody here today, be here Wednesday night. It will last one hour. We won't last longer. I will keep it to that just because I believe that that's what God would do to honor it with you. But we're going to set aside that hour. And we're going to pray. I don't know what else we're going to do. You want the truth? But we're going to pray over those things. We're going to lay them on the altar. We're going to spread them out and we're going to pray. And here's what's going to happen to them. After that, the pastors, Tom, Pastor Linda, they don't know this yet, they do now. Pastor Chris, Pastor Debbie, myself, and Miss Kelly are going to pray over them for the rest of the month. We're going to take them and we're going to pray over them the rest of the month during that 21 days. We're going to pray. I'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Because why? Because we want to see you go beyond. We want to see God, what God has for you beyond where you are. But I'm asking you to come. I'm asking you to make a way. What does God have? I don't know. But I know one thing. For everything we're doing, there's a place beyond where we are. And I believe God's trying to get us there. It may mean moving some things out of the way. It may mean just moving forward. But three things I'm going to say and then I'll, I'll shut up. And I think this is where your prayer request, some can be guided. What does God have beyond me for where I am now? What do I need to get beyond? Meaning, what is it in my life that's been holding me back? Am, am I open to a life beyond what I'm living now? Because those three things will determine. Because God's there. He's waiting. He's not waiting and just saying, oh, I hope they get it right. He's just waiting on us to say, here I am. Because I can tell you, 30 years ago, all I did was submit. Lord, I don't understand. I don't know what you want to do. But here I am. And it's been quite a ride since then. It's not always been easy. But what I found is this. There are many crossroads that you have to determine if you'll go beyond. I hope you're excited about the fast. I hope it's not religious. Ask God what he wants you to do. We will start on this Thursday and then we'll end on the 29th of the month, which is the last Wednesday of the month, 21 days. And we'll talk more about what God's doing this year and what he wants to do this, through this fast. Stand with me. I don't know how many years we've been fasting now, the first of the year, but it's been quite a few. When we started, we used to always do a week with just water and juice. And then we went to where we would do the Daniel fast for two weeks. And then over time, like I said, I think anything can become ritualistic if we're not careful. So for us, we allowed God to do other things. But whatever God tells you is what we should do. 
you ask him, he'll make it clear. Some of you work, that'd be hard to do. God knows that. You see, it's like a lot of things with God. You know what he's interested in? This right here. Where's our heart? Where's our heart? He's not going to be interested if and concerned about you. You eat a french fry and you said you weren't going to eat one. He wants to know where's your heart? Where's your heart? Do you want to spend time with me? Make time for God. And make time to be here Wednesday, if at all possible. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I believe that this year what you have is beyond what we even know right now. Because, Lord, I have watched over the years of you have caused people to walk into our lives. You've caused opportunities to evolve. You've spoken to us in ways, God, that we don't always understand. But in the midst of it, you're just asking, will we be obedient? So, Lord, I pray today for a, for a family of believers today here at Hope that for 21 days we will be obedient. We will seek your face and not just your hands. We won't seek what you just can do, but we'll seek an intimate relationship with you. Lord, desiring to spend time with you, desiring to hear from you, desiring to be led from you. Lord, desiring more of you. Lord, I pray you prepare all our hearts for this fast. We repent today. I repent, God. I repent of all the times I failed you, Lord. And all the times I've done something just like Paul said that I knew was wrong. And did things that I shouldn't have. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse us all, Lord. Get our hearts right before you during this fast. As we repent as we get our hearts and say, Lord, if there's anything that we need to get right, that we get it right with someone else. That you forgive us and you help us to walk this 21 days out and the days of this year and beyond. Because, Lord, you are doing a great work in us. Lord, I thank you today that, Lord, you speak to us this week. You will let us know what to fast. You will help us to know how. And, God, we will be obedient to it. And we expect to hear your voice. Lord, I'm expecting for great testimonies of God's faithfulness during this fast as he continues to lead and guide and have his way. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for bringing us and taking us beyond any place we could ask or even think. So our heart is open to you, God, for crazy things during this time. Dreams that don't make sense. Ideas that maybe we've never thought of. Things, God, that who knows where they come from except by your Spirit. God, I pray we will have clarity and know what is you and what is not you. And the enemy will no longer cause us to be affected and live by a lie. We love you today, Lord. And we look forward to spending time with you. In Jesus' name, amen.